Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Happy Friday, everybody. It is uh, August 18th, one day after my birthday. 37 years old, man. I'm almost to 40. It is, I'm, you, you're a real adult once you hit 40. I think that's what the actual the wisdom goes. So I'm super excited. It is a good day. And today we have Franco Perez with us from Franco Mobile Homes um, and Franco.tv. Franco is a uh, mobile home master and he actually works in a different model than actually buying the mobile home parks themselves. So I'm super excited and I will let him explain it. Franco, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thanks for having me, man. And happy late birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We actually have similar birthdays. Mine was on the 15th. Oh, right on. Well, happy birthday to you too. Cool. Cool. Uh, I told you before we got on the show, we like to start with stories. So why don't we uh, take me back to however many years ago, um, when you first got started in real estate and, uh, tell me about the story. Sure. Sure. Uh, I guess long story short, immigrant family from the Philippines and, um, had an unfortunate situation where my dad was a main breadwinner. He left, uh, they divorced and he, he left the country and at around 17, 18 years old, I had to drop out of school and start working right away. And, and I was, in my eyes, I thought I was going to be a graphic designer. I was doing media for a real estate company. And I asked for a raise and they were like, we can't pay more for marketing, but we can teach you how to to sell real estate. And that's kind of how it all started. I, I, I out of desperation and in survival mode, I was door knocking morning to night and doing a ton of cold calls and grew from there. Um, did pretty well on for myself. And then after I was kind of financially stable, I realized I really hated being a real estate agent, mainly because I felt like I was helping the wealthiest people I could help uh, get the most expensive homes that they could. And it wasn't, it was very upsetting for me to have to tell people no and, and tell people that were in my shoes before when I was going through that struggle, I'd have to say, hey, you don't make enough. Um, you don't have enough saved as a down payment. When you do make more or you have more, then come back to me and I'll help you later, right? But the truth of it is, it's it's unfortunate, but people aren't given the right guidance. People, they're, the in most cases, they don't have a chance to come back with the moving target of real estate prices going up. It it's very difficult, and and so I sought out myself to try to find ways to make it easier for these people that can barely afford, that can almost afford real estate, to be able to afford real estate. And accidentally came across mobile homes through uh, somebody that asked me for help, and I I deep studied it and realized there's a ton of bad stigmas around it, bad myths, and false information around it. And I actually found out that families are able to start their wealth building journey through mobile homes. Um, so we started a business just simply around mobile homes and mobile homes only and help people get out of the rental rat race into mobile home ownership. And, and after that, we started converting old mobile homes to huge and replacing their old mobile homes to huge 
1,800 square foot, three bed, two bath homes and, and beautiful, luxurious living. And that's kind of how, uh, where we're at today. And, and, uh, yeah. Nice, man. I, uh, I love your story, especially, I mean, you, you came from an area where you were just, I mean, as you said, you were in survival mode, uh, you made it out of there and then you're like, wait a second, I want to help people who were in my situation earlier, um, get to where I am today. So love that kind of arc of your story. Um, and I like that you're focused on affordable housing because especially in people, I mean, you live in San Jose, I live in Seattle in areas along the coast, those big metros on the coastline, the, the housing is just obscenely priced compared to the average person's salary. Um, it's just like, it's impossible to own a house if you have, you know, a regular salary. Um, and so I like it when people really focus their efforts, or I, I just like to see people focusing their efforts on on helping people that are in the lower end um, income brackets still have stability in their housing situation. And mobile homes, I agree, are a great way for for people to do that. Um, I want to dive a little bit deeper into your specific strategy. You know, not, not a lot of people focus on mobile homes. You know, we own a couple of mobile home parks, and mobile home parks are a common strategy, but the homes themselves aren't generally uh, focused on as a business strategy unto themselves. Um, so tell us a bit more about what you guys do and how it works, how it benefits the, uh, the end user, the, the person who's buying the mobile home and then how it benefits you guys as the business, you know, every business does need to turn a profit. So how does the profit model work for you guys? Yeah. So I guess to put it simply, the, the, we kind of do anything and everything around mobile homes. As I mentioned, we do the transaction side, like the brokerage model, but, our, our main thing is really more of a development model and, and analyze helping bring good information around um, mobile homes. And like you said, high cost of living in these coastal areas is very difficult. And if people are willing to pay $3,500 a month on rent, and that's why the values of these homes are really underrated in, in these mobile home parks. So we help people analyze like, hey, you own this old single wide and it's worth X amount. It's probably worth about 110 right now, but they have, they usually in, in most cases will have kids that are growing that need extra bedroom, or they have a broken down issues with their old mobile home roof issues or that sort of thing. Why don't you take, um, and then we act kind of as a, as a solution to replace their old broken down single wide spend about, let's say 250 to replace their home with a brand new home with more than double the square footage. And and after, at the end of it, you now have a home that's worth about $400,000 when you sell later down the line. So just like value adding in real estate, adding ADUs or whatever it is, we do that same exact uh, strategy when it comes to inside these mobile home parks. You have a valuable spot inside of a mobile home park that can where you can maximize uh, the square footage and value then it's a, it becomes a no-brainer and a win-win for all three parties to develop that home. For win for the resident, a win for us as well as the developer, and then also a win for the mobile home park owner because they get uh, a nicer home and and um, and it becomes incentivization for their neighbors to to beautify their homes as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it helps the entire community when new homes are brought in. We actually haven't brought in any brand new homes into our parks, and so I don't. I have no idea what the cost of a brand new home is. Um, did you two hundred fifty thousand? Is that the 
that's the going rate generally for well, what is that a double wide? Yeah. So so in our now prices, it's in, it's interesting, but prices vary so much in different areas. And I you know I did work in Austin area as well. Like you know, it's just like real estate. Like uh, a mobile home here could be worth three fifty, but a mobile home in Austin could be worth a hundred thousand, right? And the same exact home. Now pricing is going to be different. I don't know the Seattle market well but in our area of san jose that's that those are the numbers but typically you'll find the ratios compared to single family and compared to renting the there's going to be a specific ratio that um that you'll find as a middle ground between there oh okay so like generally a house if it's if it's valued let's just use round numbers if it's valued at a million you know it's not going to be valued at a million but let's just say a standard house is is one million dollars and so a mobile home is what usually you know, three so, out of 10 uh, or 300,000 or. Yeah. Just to paint the picture in our area in San Jose, where we started, um, people are renting a two bedroom, two bath apartment for about $3,500 a month. Uh, and the median single family home price in our area, in our County is $1.6 million. Wow, hugely, that's, how does, that's it, crazy. It's a, exactly. So meaning median, meaning it's pretty average. Yeah. It's not going to be new, that sort of thing. Now, how does somebody that's a middle-class earner, uh, middle-income earner, ever imagine of, let's say, coming up with a 10% down, $160,000, and then imagining an $8,000 monthly payment for that house, yeah. right? It's a huge leap, and and it's a very difficult thing to obtain. And unfortunately, there's a ton of benefits of home ownership that we aren't taught as a middle-income earner, right? So we don't know about how how appreciation is a big element, how tax benefits are a big element, um, how leveraging a loan to build your net worth is a big element. And, and unfortunately, that's only attainable to the rich and wealthy that can afford real estate, right? Mm. Now, if we can understand mobile homes, it's very much a hybrid model of that. Uh, a third of that payment is going towards the park, but you get two thirds of that payment that's going towards getting those benefits of home ownership. You're so, for example, a mobile home here, if you want to purchase uh, a, an average one, it's about 300000 You put $30,000 down, which is much more attainable for a, a family. And then their space rent for the park is about $1,000 a month. And then their mortgage and uh, tax insurance is about $2,500 a month, which is almost equivalent to what people are paying for renting an apartment. And, and mind you, rent... All you're paying every time you pay for a month of rent, all you're paying for is temporary shelter for that month, and you don't get any benefit back. But by shifting that model to owning a mobile home, they then they then get to leverage that loan. They get to have tax benefits. They get to have the upside of appreciation as well. And we're watching people shift to that model and and over four or five years down the line, then they have an asset that they own that they can use to sell and then and then be able to upgrade to owning single family later down the line. Right. And and those numbers I know are high because we're kind of one of the most expensive areas in the country. But it's the same model in in Atlanta, in Austin. You know, if if the single family home six hundred thousand, we have mobile home prices at about 150,000 and it's usually about a third of the price of what what single family homes are in these metro areas. Oh, interesting. Okay, so it's a third of the price of a single family. Your, you know, your median single family is going to be the price that you'll pay for a mobile home. Yeah, and that's not going to be exact in every in yeah. in every city, but uh but generally it's about that, yes. Right. Cool. 
Um, so you guys go into these parks and you work with people who already own homes or do you also buy like vacant mobile homes and then rehab them, flip them, um, and sell them on contract or how do you, how does that, the process generally work? So the first part that you mentioned, yes, that's what we do is, is we'll typically work with the residents themselves that own inside of these mobile home parks. And then the second part that we do or that we've been doing more recently is with the park owners. So the park owners have, whether it's vacant homes or vacant spaces, and then we'll work with them to replace their old ones with new ones. Or how do we help strategize for the park owners? Where can they bring the the, the best where, where can they make the most for the least amount of money, right? So whether it's upgrading the values of the mobile homes themselves or whether it's upgrading the amenities of the park, whether it's a pool, the clubhouse, that sort of thing, right? So we do do uh, consulting about that as well. Very cool, man. I love it. All right. Well, uh, where do you guys see in terms of you know the future of affordable housing? Where do you see that going? Are you, do you think that um, mobile homes are going to be the the standard going into the future or do you are you kind of are you on the hype train of the uh um, what do they call them the the mini houses or the i can't remember houses. what the actual term was yeah it's probably the tiny house stuff tiny well, house I, there we go yeah so so there's a lot of weird concepts and stuff that are always real great ideas and concepts but the truth of it is is like outside of netflix it's not always very practical and that sort of thing like i'm sure i mean being in the spot that I'm in, I've never seen tiny houses really work. It doesn't really work in metro areas. Um, however, I do see mobile homes as the, really the last stand for affordable housing. Like how does a family that doesn't have parents that had wealth or that sort of thing really get themselves out of that um, rat race of of renting, right? And And it's the social mobility of it because when we talk affordable housing, there's a lot of these developments that classify as affordable housing, but it doesn't always benefit society as much as we feel it does. Like there, we see a lot of rent reduced uh, housing, which in the end, after they leave that place, they don't have an asset that they own. They didn't build their credit. They don't get those benefits of home ownership, right? And it's all creating, I guess my my personal passion is creating options for home ownership for, for the middle income earners, right? And that's what we need. And and we do a lot of advocacy. I was just at Washington, D.C. A, a, a month ago, and we do a lot of advocacy about why this is great for society, we, about why this is so important. And and um, it's become a very big hot topic lately, right? And that's one issue is that there's not enough ownership uh, options available. And the other issue is the construction issue is that, hey, the cost of building homes is very expensive. And uh, I want to bring this analogy, but just like cars were really only built for the wealthy originally, and it was only until we built them in on, this, on an assembly line in a factory at a fast, streamlined fashion that we were able to make cars accessible for everyone. And that's exactly what we have to do when it comes to housing as well. The, co the cost of construction is getting more expensive. Most of our labor is um, 40 years old and over, and they're retiring, and we don't have enough young people that want to get working with a hammer. So we have to maximize how we produce homes at an, at, an, at an efficient rate, and that's exactly what we're doing now when we're building these mobile homes. We're building them in a factory. We build them on a streamlined assembly line. And in the end, the end result is a much more affordable, quality, nice home, right? And 
And that's these two elements are really so important to protecting the the financial freedom and affordability for middle income earners. And and that's what I see with kind of the future of it. Nice. Yeah, the, you make a good point about the assembly model uh, or the the assembly line for cars um, and kind of bringing that type of model to housing. Because you're right, there's really it's just so difficult to bring the cost of housing down unless you do something that's much more efficient. Um, and I, I always keep my eye on more efficient ways to build housing. Like there's that one company in Texas that's doing the uh, the 3D printing um, with concrete essentially, yeah. and they're like 3D printing the houses. Um, uh-huh. there aren't a ton of different options out there. And so, I mean, that's why I like mobile homes. I feel like it's a, it's a really good option for somebody to have ownership in a house at a much lower price point. So love what yeah. you're doing. Um, I hope you guys have great success going into the future. I did take a peek at the clock. It looks like we've run it down. So it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Cool. Ready. Let's do it. Starts with books or any form of education. I need two recommendations, one for general life wisdom and then one for real estate specific. Uh, I think general life wisdom, it, one of my favorite books is Lean Startup. It's It talks, it's more of a business book, um, but it talks a lot about uh, how do we focus on the most important elements and create uh, effective prototypes and, and getting things working and, and that sort of thing. And then as far as you said, like, was it inspirational books? Uh, um, general life wisdom or real estate slash business specific. Or real estate. Yes. So, you know, I'm. Uh, it's a classic one, but I think the Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor yeah, Dad, Dad is yeah. very. Yeah, that one is. It's it it, ta- it compares, and I think it it relates a lot with me because I wasn't given, even though there's so much that we're not taught in school, but we're taught by people that have been through it. And that's such an important uh, element to understand. Yep. Yeah, that is a, that's a solid book. Um, I read Lean Startup a long time ago, actually. That was a, that was a good one. They're, they're big about the, it was the minimum viable product, right? Like the, the exactly. minimum you can create in order to put it out into the world. Exactly that. Yeah, yep. Love it. All right. Next question. This is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Franco who was, just going to that company, that real estate company as the media guy, and then realizing that he had to go out and door knock, go to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Oh man, that's tough. Um, I'd say focus on creating an impact. I think uh, a lot of what we see out there is, is always to kind of chase the dollar, chase to making money. But I feel like personally for me is what, what really drove me was learning, you know, even if I could just help one family out, be able to get their financially freedom, financial freedom, it really brought me so much energy to want to work harder, to want to learn more and to want to do more. Right. And, and, and versus trying to make X amount of commission, trying to make X amount a month or whatever it is. But the personal element to me was really what drove me to want to be more and do more. Cool. I love it. All right. Next question is about the US. It's a big place. A lot of opportunity out there. Give me the single metro you're most excited about investing in today. Um, The Atlanta market and secondary is... All of North Carolina, I'm very excited about personally. I think that's a, a market that's underrated. Um, yeah. 
Sweet. Uh, you said Atlanta and then the entire state of North Carolina. I like that. We're, uh, we're actually <laughs> big on we're big on Charlotte, but yeah, North Carolina itself is a it's a good market. Yeah, it is. All right. Next question is about finding deals. Um, this will be interesting coming from you because you're in a different kind of model. So what is your favorite way to generate leads and find the next deal? Um, you know, with us, we've gotten a lot of referrals through real estate agents. I think that's one, um, that's a really, uh, big one for us. And then also, I mean, yeah, I would say just be referrals. And then I guess finding deals on our, our, on our end is going to be kind of different, but we find a lot of customers that want to upgrade their homes. And a lot of our stuff lately has been through YouTube. I think we face a lot of stigmas around mobile homes already, and people have to see it visually to really understand it. And our YouTube channel has really made a big difference to help people understand what these homes are. And then also we love teaching the financial literacy of why this is beneficial for you or that sort of thing. Nice. I will take this opportunity. Um, shout out your YouTube show so people can know where to go to find you. Oh, cool. Yeah. You could just Google us at Franco Mobile Homes. We do a lot of uh, t- factory tours of how they're built. We also uh, show the end result and a lot of educational stuff on there too. Perfect. All right. Next question is about the tools you use. Um, the tools form the backbone of our business. So what is a one tool? Uh, it could be software tool, whatever you want that you could not live without. Software. Um, you know, what's interesting. I'm not a big software guy. But I think the, the just Google Calendar in itself and time blocking and, and that sort of thing is a huge, huge thing for me. Um, but I know there's the, the the people on our team use a lot of different software. But I'd say, um, yeah, that and oh, if I were want to mention an app, I think video is such a key thing. Um, InShot is one that's probably a big software that we use. Sweet. What is InShot? I haven't heard of that one. InShot's an app that, where you can just quickly create videos on your iPhone. Nice. I love it. All right. And that leads us to the very last question. This one's for the listeners. You've given us a lot to think about. I'm sure people want to reach out, get in contact with you. You've already mentioned your YouTube channel, but what is, uh, if you guys got a website, a uh, email address, whatever, what's the best way for people to reach out, get in contact with you? Yeah. All of our links are at www.franco.tv. That's where you can find all of our channels and all of our informational stuff. Perfect. I will put that link in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Franco, just click the little more in the description. It'll pull down that full description and there. You can find Franco's link. All right, man, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions, whatsoever reach out to me gabe with realestateinvestingclub.com and other than that i hope you guys have a great week keep rocking real estate and i look forward to seeing you on the next episode all right before i officially sign off i have a quick announcement to make if you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals my own company kaizen properties is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, 
go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.